0: This episode, episode number 200 of my podcast is a milestone, but I didn't really want to celebrate it in that way. What I thought would be really special is to bring someone on who who shares some life experiences and some light and some abundance that we can all kind of learn from and absorb and this episode is, it's, it brings a unique challenge to me because I was mate with Alex Chumpy Pullen, Elodie's partner, and he's just one of those genuine human souls that the world needs more of. I knew him personally as a mate, I co facilitated training sessions with him, with his coach, Naam Baldwin. Doing lots of tennis ball work and flow stuff, and you know, had dinners with him, and uh, I just got to know him as a, as a human being, not just an, an elite athlete. He was super kind and caring to so many people. Uh, obviously, freakishly talented athlete, and so good at everything that he did. But also, what I loved about him was his relationship with Elodie. He's a genuine man, and cared for her, and spoke so highly of her, and so endearing towards her so the relationship that I saw blossom between those two was pretty special and I hadn't spent a lot of time with Elodie just crossed paths with her at a few different functions always felt like she was my best mate every time we we connected and to bring her on to the podcast you know she's been through a lot and I've seen I've seen a couple of interviews and and seen that she's been been interviewed thousands of times through podcasts through the media and everything after experiencing the loss of her beautiful partner Chumpy and what I didn't want to do was to just bring her onto this podcast and try and draw the story out of her I didn't want her I didn't want to do that and I didn't want her to feel that and that's why the story, the, sorry, the episode that you're about to listen to, it won't be the same as what you've heard with Elodie. It's, it's not a timeline story that I really wanted it to be. I wanted it to be an experience for her, obviously to, to share what she felt felt she wanted to share, but also just get to know Elodie a bit better and um, get to her to, to express some things. So we covered some different areas that she's never spoken about before. And, and I feel that you know, what she said to me afterwards when we stopped recording made me realize that, okay, great. That's the experience that I wanted her to have. She said, You know, I've done shit loads of interviews. I've been asked the same questions over and over. I feel like I've repeated myself so much. But she said, That was cool. That was very different. I'm not really sure what it was about it, but I really enjoyed that. That was fun. I liked that. So, that to me is what I wanted it to be about, for her to have that experience. Obviously, for you as the listeners, I want you to have a good experience as well, but for her to have that experience is special for me and I believe special for Chumpy. So for those of you who don't know the story, um, Chumpy passed away spearfishing underwater and he and Elodie were were madly in love and I'm not going to share anything more than that because if you don't know the story, she's written an amazing book called Heartstrong Chumpy Minnie and me. And you can get that book. Obviously you can hear Elodie speak of her story. And what I would say is that if you're inspired by what Elodie shares, you can see that she doesn't do it for the accolades, and it feels a bit weird for her to be celebrating her life in the way it's because her the love of her life actually passed away. So just being mindful of that that she's in that position, I think, is a really special thing. So I want to thank you guys. Like I said, I'm proud of the milestone of 200 episodes. Don't get me wrong. I know I'm not bouncing off the walls like I normally am, uh, but I also wanted 200 episodes to be special in a different kind of way. So as I said, a few episodes when we've changed the name to Unbeatable You, I want to thank you guys again for, for being an amazing support, an amazing community and uh, continuously listening to the podcast. And honestly, 200 episodes is just the beginning. I trust you'll enjoy this one uh, in many different ways and if you do get some value from it, please share it around. Obviously there's some pretty um, heart-wrenching content in there so just, just be aware of that and nothing more to say other than feel connected to Elodie and this journey. So now let's hear from the legend herself, Elodie Pullen. <laughs> You ready for this?
1: I'm ready for this.
0: (laughs) Elodie Pullen, you bloody legend. Welcome to Unbeatable You.
1: You're a bloody legend, Robbo. Thank you for having me.
0: This is a bit of a different uh, environment and situation to the last couple of times we've caught up this week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Robbo's now my PT. And every time I wake up at five, it's, we've literally had two sessions and each morning I've gone, oh, my God, I hope he's cancelled. I checked my phone hoping that you've, you've texted me saying I'm sick and sure enough he's literally waiting downstairs. I'm like,
0: fuck, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to train. <laughs>
1: but I have this thing where I can't cancel so maybe that's a good thing.
0: That's a h- awesome thing. When you told me that after the first session when we finished and you said I, was, I really didn't want to do this, I wanted to cancel and – Uh, that's what I love the most is when you actually just show up and get it done. And those thoughts have gone through your head because that's what we do. Like we create, these stories in our mind and we don't want to face the challenges and the hard shit and you do it and you're like, cool, done. Yeah.
1: And you feel, I feel so much better after. And I don't know if this is actually, I wanted to ask you this. I didn't even plan to ask you this on here, but has anyone ever asked you, why do people yawn and get tired when they're working out? That's a thing.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's an oxygen, lack of oxygen. So Yawning means that we're trying to get more oxygen to the brain, so it's just a, uh, and it also maybe because you're tired when you roll out of bed and just walk downstairs oh. at five thirty in the morning and train with me. <laughs> I associate
1: working out with like, oh my god, I'm just going to yawn for an hour.
0: Yeah, okay. But
1: maybe when I get fitter, I won't be needing to yawn as much during <laughs> training because I won't be needing as many much oxygen because I'll be fitter.
0: Fitter, and we'll get your breathing better. Yes, that'll, that'll help get the oxygen Need to, work to the on brain.
1: That. Yep.
0: So we're training downstairs at your place and little Minnie's asleep upstairs, very well trained. How, so good. How is motherhood treating you?
1: Yes, um, well, it's been pretty hectic lately because she's just turned 15 months. She's running around like it's so mm. much energy and I'm just exhausted. But she is the biggest legend. I just couldn't imagine life without her. She's so much fun and she's just got such a little personality. It's epic. It's just the weirdest thing having a kid. Like I know it sounds so cliche but – It's just like obviously the best thing in the world.
0: Fifteen months, I'm just remembering. So my daughter is about to turn two. My son is almost four. So cute. And that that age of like 12 months to to two years is so much fun. They're still innocent. They're running around. Their attitudes start to come through. It's beautiful.
1: I'm worried for after two. I've heard (laughs) it sucks for a year. (laughs) I won't
0: say anything other than um, when my son was that age and I thought he was a perfect little boy and people talk about the terrible twos. I'm like, nah, no, I don't think my son will hit the terrible twos. Oh and then all God. of a sudden, bang. And then it's just a flip and you're like, oh my God. Okay. So it happens to all humans. Nah, just not, to get you ready for that. I will not even <laughs>
1: pretend she's not going to hit it. She's going to hit it so hard. I can see it. She's going to be a like wow it's
0: <laughs> she can be down doing the training sessions with us then
1: yes let's wear her out
0: <laughs> what I was thinking is you can use her as the weight but yeah we yeah, can wear her out in the process we need
1: to do a session like that that would be so funny <laughs> dumbbell mini so
0: Elodie we've been connected through Chumpy through the legendary Chump uh, I was connected through him sorry to him through Nam Baldwin and, uh, love Nam. Nam, love Devo yeah absolute legends Uh, And one of the earliest connections that I had with Chumby with our chats was about relationships actually because he and I connected really well around the fact that you guys used to do a lot of time apart and especially in the early days. So my wife Marie was training uh, as a race walker, training for the Olympics. Was she? Competing for Sweden. So she was Swedish national champion and then I was a coach in high performance sport for Australian athletes. So we would spend massive chunks of time she would be doing – European travel, like what Chumpy would be away competing in snowboarding and I'd be travelling in a different part of the world or back in Australia with uh, the athletes that I was working with. So I feel no you with the, that period of time of um, spending chunks of time apart. How was that for you early days in the relationship?
1: I I actually loved it. I think it's like the best and the worst thing for the relationship. I love I love getting to miss him and like the mm. whole like, oh, my God, like I'm going to see you soon. And, I you know, in the early days we'd I'd be up at like 2 a.m. because that was his you know, you're like trying to match the time zones, be talking on Skype and it'd just be so, so fun. And exciting, so you're just so like, you've just got butterflies all the time. And then when you get to go and pick him up from the airport, it's just so exciting. Like it just keeps things fun. So I personally like that. Um, obviously when he's gone for like a few months at a time, that's a bit long. But if he's just gone for three weeks or four weeks, mm. like I kind of, I love that. Cause then I get to get stuck into what I want to do when he's gone. Like, you know, really work hard, I'd train hard, I'd eat really good when he wasn't there, I'd catch up with all my friends and I'd go out and, you know, and then when he'd come back we'd really just, like, do wholesome shit together.
0: Like, bond and connect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling it. That's what uh, I really loved and then the energy when you get back together and, you know, creating that from the time apart and also the beautiful thing where there's – you're supporting them to achieve their goals and their visions and they're so in alignment and then you're doing the same back home with you living your best life as well. So there's just that mutual connection and trust and
1: literally abundance
0: even though you're not in each other's pocket the whole time.
1: So many people like, how do you do it? Like what do you think he's off? Like, you know, do you know what he's doing all the time? And I'm like, oh, my God, I trust him. Like I've got no doubt. I, like also – Yeah, it's just, like, this innate feeling and I'm, like, I'm so proud of him. I'm stoked that he gets to go away and carry out his dreams and his career. Like, he's got a mad career and I'm so stoked and proud of him. Like, that's amazing. Mm. I'd way prefer that than if he was working a shit nine to five here that he didn't want to do.
0: Yeah, exactly, just to actually be in each other's space. Yeah,
1: like, absolutely go and do – and I would would never be one of those people. Like, I mean, I just think in relationships, like – I hate it when people are controlling the other person, like don't hold each other back. Like you're going to be happier if you're both happy doing what you want to do and you'll come together better when you're together.
0: Absolutely. Well said. Back to the exercise part and you were saying that too, that you, when chump when was gone and you would train really hard and you would go all in and um, look after yourself really well. One of the chats that we had, I think it was yesterday morning, was uh, how you've kind of struggled to, to get back into that. A little yeah. bit recently.
1: I literally thought I was just having this chill chat with you yesterday and I, I literally like almost have tears in my eyes now. And I don't know why this affects me so much but I broke down and bloody cried to you and it's so weird because I was just simply saying that when Chump was here I used to be so fit, I used to care about exercise and feeling good and getting out there and getting the endorphins running and but just naturally would wake up and be like, I'm going to go for my walk today, you know. And I would walk every morning and every night, and I'd easily do twenty or twenty-five k a day. That would just be a standard, you know, thing that I would do. And my mom, I get it from my mum. She's a mad walker; like she just walks like nuts. When we go away, we walk like you know, when you're traveling like overseas and stuff. I've been away with her a few times. Like the amount of steps in case we do every day is gnarly. She will not let us get in a cab.
0: Brilliant! It's epic. Love it. It's so
1: good. I love that way of traveling, like by foot. You see so yeah. much more. But anyway, and I was saying to you, like, I just, I can't put, like, my runners on and go for a walk anymore. I just, I can't do it. It's weird and it, I like, I don't even know if it actually does relate to this but when I found out the chump passed away, I was walking. Um, Well, I was out for a walk and then when I came back I learnt that he had passed away but I had this feeling when I was walking that something had happened, like my heart hurt. It was weird. Um, But just in general, like, when I think, you know, you're in shock and you're grieving and something so massive happens to your life, like he passed away, I think getting through each day was so, like, hard and important. Every day felt like a milestone. Like, I, I don't know why I just couldn't do basic things like walking. Like, I don't know, that was, that was like, and it it made me so upset because that, that was, like, my vice, my thing that I would do. Like every day it was like, you know, my counselling, my my therapy. Go but on. yeah, anyway, so basically since then I haven't walked. Like I'll go, you know, to the beach and go for a little wander but like not like my little power walks. But also have a kid and – but yeah, I think it's just like kind of weird things that I didn't – I never even like thought about it or put it into words but it's crazy just what like grief kind of does to you. Like you would, you would almost think it would go the other way and I'd become like – this, you know, I'd keep up my walking because that would be like what I needed to get through each day kind of thing.
0: Tell me a little bit more about that heart pain. What did you feel on that walk?
1: Yeah, I was like half an hour from home and I was with my dog and I just like, it's so weird. I, I never get anxious or feel like I'd never struggled with anxiety or anything then. So maybe... Yeah, I thought, like I had this sharp pain in my chest and I immediately thought, oh my God, like I'm anxious about something. What's wrong? Like what's going on? And I had friends coming up that afternoon to visit and to stay with me and chump and I was like, oh, maybe like I'm worried, you know, I got to clean, I got to cook, I got to do shit, like get the house ready and stuff. Maybe I'm like worried about that. And I was like, oh, people stay all the time. I don't usually get, you know, flustered about things like that. But yeah, yeah. It like I, it's, I stopped in my tracks and so did my dog and I was like this is so weird and I was stretching my back going what the hell is wrong? That just really hurts and then kind of shrugged it off and just kept walking and got home. And, yeah, sure enough my neighbour came over about ten minutes later and knocked on the door and, yeah, just kind of delivered me the news that she'd heard that a guy had just been dragged in from the Palm Beach Reef. He was out spearfishing and had a shallow water blackout and just been dragged in unconscious and that was Chump. So I raced down there. I didn't know it was him but I thought oh, I thought surely surely it wouldn't be him. Like, you know, it would be someone else and he would be out there saving that person but I'll go down and check it out. Went down there and, yeah, I just as soon as we drove in, luckily my mum happened to be at my, my house. She drove down with me. She, like, she's an ex-cop and she just went into, like, this weird mode where she just felt something was going on. We jumped in her car. We're not intuitive at all. Like we just, just like let's just go down there. Fel- as soon as we drove in, we just knew something. And really, it just like hit us like a bus. And I, yeah, the um, yeah, basically there was just like massive commotion there, cops and ambulance and media and just everything. And so it was like we were we were like late, and um, this cop just asked me if he had any tattoos and I was trying to remember his tattoos because he'd only just got a new one on his ribs. So I was pointing out that I was like, yeah, he's got some on his arms and stuff. And he's like, um, is there anything on his, like, stomach? And I was just like, oh, fuck. Like that was it. And, yeah, it just been a bloody blur ever since that very moment really.
0: Do you think that that heart pain that you had and even for – uh, the dog to, to stop mm. as well, that that was kind of connected to that moment. Yeah. You know, knowing when he passed.
1: I th- think it was because by the time we got down to the reef, it would have been an hour later and they said that they dragged him in, in about half an hour before and based on his, um, like how he was, it was as though he was under there for half an hour. So, like, I'd say the timing when I felt that chest pain was, like, bang on. Um, I just, like, we're all so connected. We're all energies and I've learned that now. And Rummy and Chumpy were, like, so connected. That's my dog. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally feel like the third wheel when I'm around them. <laughs> and, like, she just mourned and, like, she, yeah, my poor talk. I literally feel more sorry for her than I do for me because I can articulate my feelings and chat to people and get it out and she just, like, she looks so sad sometimes, especially at the start. Um. Yeah, I reckon she felt it massively. I I I definitely think that was my heart just like breaking.
0: Yeah, interesting feeling. when you talk about the energy too. I had a friend telling me a story about his dad passed away last year and he was kind of uh, so he's diagnosed with cancer and they knew that he was going to pass at some stage and he was at home he was at home just near Byron and his dad was down in Sydney. And all of a sudden there was this really weird, crazy energy. This big gust of wind came through, the doors all slammed. Oh my god. And the candles all blew out. And and he kind of followed that. He walked outside and there was like a a shooting star. And he's just like, Oh.
1: No way. Dad just passed.
0: (gasps) And then I've got
1: goosebumps.
0: His phone rang. No. And it was his mum to say Your father just passed. So when those
1: that all the time, it's crazy.
0: So coming back to that connection, I feel that the the paralyzed feeling that you had about not being able to walk Mm. is like this subconscious fear within you that if you do that walking again, something bad will happen Mm. because there's the, there's a physical a mental and an emotional connection to the time of chumps passing from when you were out walking.
1: Yeah. It's so weird. Like even just you saying that like really affects me emotionally, but I don't feel like I'm like, like, it doesn't make like, I know kind of innately is like what my body and mind's going through, but I just, like, I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. I just want to walk. Mm. That's so weird.
0: What do you think would happen if you went for that walk?
1: <laughs> I mean, nothing. I'll just, I will, like, yeah. Not that I haven't walked, but, you know, I should really, I should get a babysitter and go on a big fat walk, shouldn't I? And just see what happens, see if something bad happens. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't say should, you don't have to do anything. But one thing that I learned, I'm not even sure if you're aware, but I experienced massive adversity back in 2014, my grandparents who were like my best friends and my idols oh. and mentors and they were murdered in their own home. Are you kidding? No, and it was really messy. It was by their own son who was my uncle. I'm so sorry. And um, thank you. And one thing that happened, was, so they were shot with a shotgun. What? And so for periods of time after psychology and I started to come really good, uh, I was seeing the psychologist again and, and I was telling her how life is amazing and thanked her for all her help. And then I said, um, but I'm still not watching TV or listening to the radio. And she said, and then I kept talking and uh, said, yeah. hang on, why not? And I said, oh, in case, um, I don't want to hear the words murder or shotgun. And she said to me, what would happen if you heard those words? And I said, oh, actually, I'm not really sure. I'd, I haven't, Maybe I'd be super upset, maybe I would be angry, I'm not sure. She said, how long are you going to let, your life be ruled Aww. by the fear of something that you're not really sure of. And so we talked through that and essentially it's called acceptance and commitment therapy is like leaning into those processes and so I went through that and turned the radio and the TV on and didn't hear those words for a long time to be honest and um, and when I did I just let that that feeling come and and it did make me sad, it did make me angry and I processed it. And the only reason I bring that up is because that maybe that's a part of what's yeah. O- an opportunity for you on that walk maybe it will really <laughs> make you feel really sad and feel really uh, emotional but maybe that's also like for that to come up through story when I see that when your eyes welled up yesterday yeah. morning and again now through that it's like there's, there's something that's held and maybe it's a going to be a, a good release for you
1: yeah because I miss it like I miss just going on those walks <laughs> sounds so weird to say but yeah
0: it's, it's definitely like, not weird that's, just
1: like probably just got a face those triggers head on to just get over them maybe.
0: Yeah. And it's not even about getting over them. It's, a, it's um, what I learned. I'll just share an experience. Mm. I'm, I'm not a professional in this. I do support it a lot uh, it, with acceptance and commitment therapy is that actual, like the acceptance, obviously you've accepted Chumpy's passing. Yeah. And then the commitment therapy part is like leaning into when we realise, when I realised, oh shit, there's something there that I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding wanting those, those feelings. I'm avoiding that situation By avoiding it, it actually expands and makes it worse and it can trigger lots of other stuff and kind of we suppress our emotions and suppression can either become depression or regression. And so the more I lent into it and the more I lent into it and I just processed it and I had so many moments of just deep, heart-wrenching sadness by facing lots of different things. And and it's also therapeutic, like feeling good after it and feeling more connected to my grandparents and feeling – that love and that connection and more purposeful as opposed to trying to avoid things and hoping it didn't trigger something else.
1: Yeah, it's it's really scary when you know or you you feel like a bit of a meltdown coming on or like a real depressive moment with my especially with my grief, um same like with yours. But I always know how how much you kind of feel so much lighter after you let everything out. Yeah, sometimes I just get a pillow and scream into it
0: Good awesome that's like process so that's better. that's a healthy way to process the emotions that you' you're feeling yeah have you since um, you know you said that the the grief sort of hit really hard and that was everything was a bit of a, a blur throughout that period um what what do you feel like was kind of the most supportive thing for you through that that blur
1: um I feel like I mean I kind of was just doing normal things like apart from the walking <laughs> but I, I was kind of weirdly like so many people were just like what, what's wrong with you? Why are you just out you know at this cafe where we're hanging like we usually would or like just out kind of doing normal things and I was in such shock I think that there was like dissociation going on where I just kind of wasn't resonating with my story and what had just happened to Chump and it just kind of felt like he was overseas so weirdly like I would kind of carried on living this normal life. It was it was probably more turbo because people were just around me 24-7. My friends were guarding me and my family were always around just like making sure I was okay. So I was like never kind of alone but I was just running amok and just like I, I kind of just stopped caring at all about life and was just like who fucking cares what happens right now. Like I don't care and just wanted to just like – you know, like have quick fun. Like I just wanted to just smile and laugh and scream and cry and yell and like just go mad. So – and my friends love doing that so that was fun. (laughs) I mean like it was a fun way to try and process and get through grief Mm. and then I guess the waves – like I think the shock wore off and then the waves of grief did get a bit like crazy and high and then I did get like therapy and counselling – and actually in that time, we learned that my dad was sick with cancer. Um, weirdly, actually, and I was telling my friend this yesterday, I had seen a clairvoyant about a month after Chump passed away and she was amazing. And she told me that someone was about to get chemo treatment in my family. And I was like, no, no one's got cancer, like you're tripping. And then literally two weeks later, we or well, a few weeks later, we'd found out that my dad had stage four glioblastoma in the brain and was probably not going to last too much longer. He, they gave him like five months to a year. Um, He luckily lasted like another year and a half after that. Um, But my brother and I went straight down to Sydney where he lives and where we grew up with him and just kind of continued our rampage down there just like of, you know, just trying to get through every day and we had like our, our friends that we grew up with down there So, and trying to hang out with Dad and just trying to like get, literally getting through each day we would just do whatever we could do and... I don't like. I don't even know how to put it into words. It was such a blurry time where, like, I, yeah, um, we just were chasing like energy and just like, like I, I can't even I can't even describe what I'm trying to say. But yeah, we just.
0: Do you feel like you were trying to avoid the sadness or the?
1: I would say we weren't associating with what. Like what had happened was just so major. Like my brother's was Chump's best friend as well. That they, mm. they were like so tight. And we, we just couldn't associate with the gravity of what had just happened. But we were also in the middle of this vortex as well. Like my dad was dying and we kind of, you know, when you're at the centre of something and everyone's just like, you know, you're kind of being treated like a patient but not. And like everyone's just trying to wrap you up so much. So you're like just constantly distracted sure, and constantly yeah. stimulated and chasing this, I want, do that. I want to do that, let's get through this day. And then, you know, like just drinking a lot and trying to just forget about real life kind of. Yeah, nothing felt real. Like, mm. actually, that's what, what I'm probably trying to say. I'm just trying to escape real reality. Um, but also my dad's like, he's a bloody good time and we'll just hang in with him. And he, his mind was there at that time. So we were just enjoying staying at his, like, little kids again. And weirdly, I look back at that time and that was really fun because yeah, I, I was beautiful. so not aware of the fact that Chump had just died, like so unaware of that, honestly. He... Always travelled so it literally felt like it was just away. Sure, yeah. Crazy. Except for when we had his 33rd birthday party and like we had a party at home for him and it was just so weird that he wasn't there. We are like singing to him, blowing out candles. Mm. That was a really weird, 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 weird one. Um, But, yeah, I, I came back from Sydney about three or four months later and that's when I decided to kind of like deal with shit and – like kind of jump back into reality and I felt really strangely so strong and like capable and like I've got this it was like I actually think Chump was around me and he was just like you've got this girl like you need it you know let's I've got you let's sort this out let's get you back to normal like you've got a house to run you've got a dog come on and I yeah started the IVF process with um with Chump but he wasn't here because we were trying for a baby as you know and yeah, fell pregnant on the second round. It's crazy.
0: So you guys were trying to have
1: We were uh, trying to have a bub. We're bub. trying and I have a low egg count. So the doctor kinda always said, like, oh, just, you know, try for a while, like, you know, hopefully you get lucky, but it might be that you need to, you know, get your eggs frozen and do IVF. Mm. Um, but he was so excited. Like every month he'd be like, come on, like, what are you feeling? Do you reckon? Like, what do you think? I'd be like, nah, I've got my period. This sucks. And we'd be so devo every month. Mm. But it was so cute how excited he got. So, I mean, obviously he's not here and it's so bittersweet. And I hate to think of what kind of dad he'd be. Cause I know he'd be amazing, but I know that I've done the right thing and bringing a piece of him back to life because he wanted a baby so bad, like, I know he doesn't physically have her, but I know he's around.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. How difficult was it to make the decision for the um, post-mortem sperm retrieval in that moment of – because you said everything was super blurry.
1: So blurry. Um, It wasn't a difficult decision at all, like at all. It wasn't even a decision I remember making. Um, We heard – like he passed away. We were all completely beside ourselves. like, you know, state of despair. His parents came up immediately – And someone said to us, hey, do you want to like harvest Chump's sperm? There's this thing you can do and, you know, we can get it within the next 36 hours or 24 hours by that point. And Chump's parents and me, we just looked at each other like, what the fuck? Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. And then like literally had to sign a piece of paper or something and dead set forgot about it. Like wasn't Mm. a thing. We didn't deal with it. We had like people rallying around doing all that shit for us, like talking to the coroners, talking to the lawyers, talking to the doctors, doing that. So it wasn't anything Like I get that question so much. Like, how did you even, you know, you, he just died. How did you do all that? I'm like, pff, I did nothing. Mm. I just literally master said yes. And, um, yeah, I don't even, I don't remember a dot from that. This is the story that people tell me that I'm telling yeah, you. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that I thought, oh yeah, let's go. And then I'll have his baby. It was just like, oh yeah whatever, do it. Can you chop off some of his hair at the same time kind of thing? Like obviously Mm. I didn't say that, but like what else can we, you know, it didn't feel real that he was gone. So, you know, um, and he's, you know, parents would remind me like through the months after, like, you know, we did that thing where we got chump sperm. You don't have to do anything with it, but we did that so that, you know, you have this opportunity later in the future, if you want to use it, you can. So it's like, just you, we opened a door. It, and I, it, it wasn't that I thought immediately after oh, I'm going to, you know, have this baby on my own and blah, blah, blah. It just felt right six months later to give it a shot and just see what could happen. And I think, like, Chump must have been working some special powers from up there because I definitely now am a believer in what's meant to be will be and I said to myself and my mom and Chump's family, because I didn't have any money really. Well, like a bit of money but not enough to, like, Go through the I like go sure, through millions yeah. of rounds of IVF because what I know from IVF is there's like you know it's heaps of money and you got to do a billion. Well, lots of people have to do a few rounds. I was like, mm. I can probably afford like three rounds of IVF. They're like twelve k each. First round didn't work. Second round, yeah, luckily worked. Mm. Thank God. But um, yeah, we were all like, Mum's like, I'll oh, pay for one of the rounds. Chumps parents like, I'll oh, pay for one of the rounds. And I'm like, nah i like I'm gonna do this, and if it happens, it happens. I'm not. I'm on my own. If it's meant to be, it'll like it's gonna happen. If it's not meant to be, you know, it won't happen. And I'm not gonna push this thing uphill. Like I'm not gonna fucking sit here and do twelve rounds of IVF on my own. Like that just doesn't mm. feel right. It's either got to be meant to be or not.
0: Yeah, you know? very call. Cool. And it's beautiful that Chump's parents were supportive from it, supportive of it from the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because it'd
0: be pretty challenging for them as well.
1: Honestly, I I feel for Chris and Sal so much. Like, I think, and they say, they say at the age that they're at, they're like, Elle, you've got, you're looking forward. Like, you've got your life to look at. You've got shit going on and things to look forward to and aspirations and goals. We're at this age where, like, all we can do is look back, and looking, looking back is so hard because we have these Mm. amazing memories with, and our kids gone. Like, they don't, they can't look forward anymore it's so like it's it's so sad I just feel for them so much Yeah, and I just yeah and I feel so helpless like there's just nothing you know nothing I can do to bring him back or nothing that will like you know even I'm like oh come on guys let, let's see a clairvoyant or let's see a counselor and they're like are they gonna bring him back no and I'm like true like they're not and it's just
0: speaking of clairvoyant what made you go and see one a month after chump passed
1: I was so opposed to that stuff. before, Like, you know, when life was butterflies and rainbows, I was like, why would anyone say a clairvoyant or a psychic? Or, you know, I don't want to talk, I don't want to touch that spiritual stuff. I, like, that scares me. The thought of the other side, like, I don't want to know about it. I also don't want a psychic to tell me what they think is going to happen in my future. Cause why would it, like, you know, mm. let the future unfold? Why do mm. you want to know before things happen? Like, I always thought that shit was weird and friends would do it. I'm like, you're crazy. You're wasting your money. They're con artists. <laughs> and then, when chump passed, I think you just grab onto anything. I would, I would do, yeah. You know, like Nam would do, um, is it Reiki or oh, no? What's that thing?
0: Kinesiology. Yeah,
1: kinesiology. On like, I just everyone around me who did something would just come and do something on yeah, me, cool. and it, you just grab onto any kind of therapy or anything that you feel like you can connect or you know whatever. So yeah, I got recommended it straight away, and I do this to people that die. I'm like, you need to see this person, this best um, clairvoyant ever, like. A million people would recommend the best clairvoyance and I'd go to there was about two or three that came up the most and were amazing and I can pick the corn artist ones out from like straight away. Um so yeah, I loved seeing them and at the start, and I this makes sense to me when they first die and pass over, they're kind of still right there, like they're just not too far away mm. yet. I think there's like this period where they they haven't fully crossed over into wherever. I mean I don't really know obviously but he felt really close so mm. for the first few months I'd, I'd try and see clairvoyance a lot because he literally felt like honestly that he was right there and yeah I'd go into like this one in tweed heads I went in and she physically was like choking when she saw me and I told her my name was something else so she like she had no idea she wasn't like Google. well I don't think she was googling what happened she was like I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I like, and she ran away and she had to, like I could hear her like vomiting in the other room. She came back and she's like, I just lost my breath and I couldn't breathe and I just, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And she's like, someone um lost their breath and they, they died. And I'm like, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. That is what happened. And she was like feeling the, emo- like, it was quite wow. graphic and awful to see. She was like, it wasn't traumatic. Like I know that would have looked hectic what I just, felt but I couldn't help that feeling he was trying to show me what happened mm. and yeah wow but she was like he crossed he he just you know went peacefully under there and just like had no more oxygen left basically and just passed out which I believe but yeah what he was showing her wasn't nice mm. it was pretty hectic but he he in the room like I he was right there I'm telling you like I'm not like that. I'm not like woo-woo at all. But and he was there. he and was I like could feel it. him literally touching me. It was the weirdest thing ever. Wow. So crazy.
0: How does that make you feel when you had that experience?
1: Oh, I was in such a weird state, but I loved it because I felt like he was right there. But obviously I was like, yeah, I was uncontrollably like crying and stuff, but it felt awesome. It felt like he was right there, protecting me, looking after me. And I kind of just I always from the start had this, I'm going to be okay, I've got this. Like from the very start I've always had that. Mm. I don't know. And now now that I have Minnie I still have that because I'm like I don't have another choice. I do have this and I have to have this and I've got her and like we're, we're going to be okay. And I just – I know that because it just has to be like that, you know.
0: Beautiful. I just had a, another thought. I was at Chump's funeral and – Uh, Rummy was there and greeting us all and (laughs) you know beautiful and connecting with everyone and then I heard I'd love you to share the story about the with Cam the Uber driver oh the Uber driver and then into Cam yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so my friend that was emceeing the MCing is probably the wrong word. Like the guy – like I always accidentally refer to the funeral as the wedding. I literally wore white and it was a beautiful venue outside and I kept being like, the wedding, the wedding. Because like it just was so mm. weird to me that we were like planning a funeral and it was Chumpy's funeral, not sure, like my grandpa's yeah. funeral. Like it's just the weirdest thing. So I kept accidentally saying the wedding. I think the funeral people thought I'd literally lost the pot and I had obviously. Um, My friend was MCing the funeral and – him and his sister, who's my other best friend, Laura, were driving up from Byron. They got in an Uber. They got in an Uber. The Uber driver picked them up at 11.11. 11. This Uber driver's like woo-woo. He was like, oh, I saw this come through at 11.11. 11. We learnt later. Picked them up. Wait, we don't care about 11.11. And things were like, yeah, whatever. Like, shut up. Jumped in the. They jumped in the car and they're on their way. And the Uber driver's like, what's going on today? Um, What are you guys up to? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're actually going to a funeral. And – the uber driver goes okay well i've got a message for you and it's it's just it's good luck and they're like what like can you just be our uber driver like what are you talking about and he's like yeah i'm i'm a medium and there's a really strong body in the car and he's saying to me just you're going to be okay good luck and chris eneva one of my best friends laura's brother they're in the car together and he was gonna yeah as i said be the MC. and he's quite nervous and he was like you know, apparently in the car, like, you know, thinking, planning what he's going to say, blah, 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 like, you know, nervous that he's about to do what he's going to do for his friend that just died. And to hear like, good luck, you're going to be okay, was just so like how the hell would this Uber driver know? I wasn't in the car, my name wasn't on it, like, you know. Mm. And then the Uber driver said, yes, this, this he's a young man and he's in the water he, he's telling me he's underwater, and they pull up at the funeral home. I pull up in the car next to them, and the Uber driver said, "That's that's his partner, and that's their dog, and that was me in the car next to them." Like, how the hell did this guy know? Mm. The Uber driver called Laura the next day and said, "the the the boy that the man that died is is in his dog." Um, I don't know, like I have this strong feeling to tell you that the dog has like really is carrying the energy of this person that died. And weirdly, and I loved hearing that because at the funeral or after the funeral I had so many people coming up to me saying – Rummy – like I started crying at the funeral and Rummy just randomly jumped up and like basically hopped on my lap and she's – my dog is so obsessed with me and Chump, mainly Chump but then now me and doesn't really leave our sides. Like She doesn't really venture off and just go hanging with anyone. Mm. So weird. And then Chumpy's best friend came illegally (laughs) over the border because it was COVID COVID time. So he came illegally up from Victoria to the funeral and he was – really worried about it because it was illegal. I hope he doesn't get in trouble or anything now. It's a few years later. I'm sure no one cares. (laughs) Um, But he was, he literally hid in the back. He said he dressed like a scarecrow, like wore like this crazy hat, tried to look like a gardener in the back of this field. And there's like 500 people or something at this funeral. He hid right at the back and he sent a video, because he was Chump's like best friend, Cam Bolton, who toured with him on the border cross circuit. Like they were like Mm. besties. And He sent a video like, you know, of him talking, doing his eulogy that we played on the screen because he was like, I'm undercover at this funeral. I can't be there. I can't do my speech, you know. So we're watching the video of him and I knew he was there, but he was like, don't come up to me, Elle. Like, you know, I I can't be seen at this funeral. My dog runs from beside me at the front of the funeral. Apparently I didn't know this. He told me like that night when we were out. My dog V-lines all the way through everyone to the back and runs up to this gardener looking like Cam, the Cam, like Cam Bolton dressed up as a gardener and just jumps all over him mm. when he's on the screen doing his eulogy. And Cam has only really met Rummy once because he lives all the way down in Victoria and we live up here and, like, they don't know each other, you know. Mm. So weird for Rummy to do that.
0: Crazy. So cute. Yeah, so many synergies of that energy aspect of um, him showing his presence in, in your company.
1: And it's really cool when it happens to—I mean, me or people that typically are not like, you know, just—I've never experienced that before, and I'm not—I'm not typically open to it, and I don't really usually believe it. Mm. And like, same with Cam and Chump's parents, and these things happen, and you kind of can't ignore it. It's so weird. Yeah,
0: absolutely. They're signs.
1: They're signs, and yeah, sometimes not so much anymore. I, I can't—I feel like I can't grab onto Chump as much as I could, but especially in the first year. You almost like see or just feel like, and almost see pockets of energy or things, and you like you, your blood runs cold, and you just like, oh my god, he's just there. Like there's Mm. something happening right here, and I felt that a lot, and it's something I just could never ignore, and I feel like a crazy person even saying it out loud, and usually I wouldn't, I like say if I'd be with people and that would happen, I wouldn't tell them. I'd be like, no, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna. Yeah, this feel is a thing that I'm going to feel into and deal with on my own because if I say it out loud, I'll, I feel like crazy. And I don't want people going, oh, yeah, it must be him, oh, yeah. You know, like it's like
0: you wanna feel I it. you innately wanna feel, you feel it.
1: I don't need to prove it. Yeah, you know? well
0: said. Well said. Yeah. So thank you for sharing all of that too. Like I know that you've shared this story many times and we've got your book here that you've written that um, – <laughs> not going to lie i haven't actually read i've picked it up a Don't few times read it. opened up some pages and just gone oh my heart hurts i'm not ready for this
1: that's what all my friends say or they they say thanks for making me cry for like <laughs> hours on end and i'm like well fuck that's my life so you had yeah. like a few hours of it welcome <laughs>
0: yeah how was the book writing process was it um, therapeutic for you or was it fucking challenging to bring it all uh,
1: out yeah as like bittersweet, I guess, like the the start of the book was epic. So I had Ali Pasco, who's an amazing writer. She wrote the book. She was my ghost writer and she wrote the book with me and she's amazing. She came up and stayed with me for a few days, got to know, you know, Rummy and me and the house and we, we just – she's the – I, I couldn't have found a better person to do this with. Honestly, beautiful. Love you, Ali. If you're listening, probably not. Um, but shout out to Ali. Yes, <laughs> Ali and Vanessa. So Vanessa's the lady who brought all this together, and she approached me to do this book, and I was like, No, I'm not writing a book. Like, go away. I don't have time and capacity for that. Plus, no, I'm not right Like, what? It was just the weirdest thing ever that I, I was like, There's no way I'm doing a book. And she basically just like forced me to, and it's been. I've had a great response and I feel like it's helped people and I'm I'm so glad now that I've done it. Um, But, no, the, the start of the book is kind of, well, you get to learn about Chump and I's relationship and getting to know each other and, like, how it started and that literally bring me back butterflies going through that with Ali. I just, like, fell in love with him all over again. Oh, it was beautiful. so, so epic and special. And then I'm kind of... And like digging up old memories and like going through like his journal and looking at like stuff he'd written about me and just really cute. So I was like, oh, that's so special. Like, like you, you know, when you're like with someone, or I don't know, you just forget how cool that is. Or Mm. like you don't really look at your own relationship in life too often and like think that's the best. But I was like, fuck, we literally were the best. We were so perfect and good and like just it just worked Mm. and. I'm so – by the point, by the time I wrote the book, you know, because I have a podcast and doing things like this with you, I'm so used to talking about what happened to Chump and how I'm feeling and where I'm going and what's happening that I guess that part of writing the book with Ali, honestly, and she knew everything because she listened to everything – that wasn't probably too hard, thank God. Mm. Um, but definitely therapeutic. Like, I think the whole thing's so therapeutic. Um, and Chump's parents, or yeah, they do a chapter or they do a few chapters. They do like three chapters, and it's just so special because the world or people read and get to learn heaps about his upbringing and like how he is, how he is. And it's really special.
0: Well, my mother, Wendy Robbo, says she's one of the ones that has cried for hours on end and thank you immensely for the book. So there's Yay,
1: Wendy. Thank you. <laughs> Love you.
0: You said there too that you've spoken a lot about um, you know, not just your story but also where you're at now and where you're heading. So life's obviously very different for you now for obvious reasons but also what opportunities present themselves here throughout this. How is life for you now? What's what's happening yeah. in the life of Elodie a, Pullen?
1: It's a hard thing as well because a lot a lot of stuff I'm doing is because Chump passed away and it, it kills me. I hate like I hate celebrating or getting excited. Like so many events with the book and so many people going nuts. Like, you must just be so stoked and proud. I'm like, no, I didn't mm. want to write a book. I shouldn't have written a book. People are like, when's the next book coming out? I'm like, there's not gonna be another book because I hope nothing else happens. I don't want to write another book. Like I find it really hard to celebrate or be proud of what's happened because it just shouldn't be this like this was not the way it should have been you know but basically I I guess now my life heaps everything I do like you know the podcast the book like literally everything is kind of because he passed away and that that sucks and I hate to even say that out loud um and even having Minnie like you know she's Minnie because he passed away and that that egg and that sperm that made Minnie and like you know, if he was here, there'd be another baby that we'd absolutely love. But yeah, it's just a weird, weird thing to talk about. And people are like you are, so, you know, so inspiring. And this must just be so cool. I'm like, I don't feel that. I don't. Mm. I didn't want to be an inspiration. Like, and I don't want to sound negative at all. Like,
0: I get it. It's yeah, not I, negative I, I, at I don't all. Don't be negative.
1: But yeah, obviously, it is. It is cool. And I'm helping so many people. The main thing is, if I know I'm helping other people, that feels rewarding. I'll say that for sure. That feels nice. Other widows out there now know of this thing called sperm retrieval, which is so random. My IVF doctor had never done it. He did it. And now he's – since then he's performed it on like seven or eight more people. Yeah, wow. Which is just crazy. Like it, it the word really is spreading. I get messages from widows every day saying my partner died or my friend's partner died and we were able to, thanks to your story, retrieve his sperm, mm, you know. Yeah. So that Special. makes me feel glad that I've been so open and honest But, yeah, lots of things that have come out of Chump passing away. I don't know. Yeah. It's It's almost
0: like you are enhancing his legacy through this. That's good. (laughs) Because it's not – I see what you – when you say it out loud, how it can sound kind of negative, but it's like, no, that's your awareness. Like that's the fucking truth and Mm. you're speaking your truth and that's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. You did
0: not want this situation to happen – yeah. And it could go different ways afterwards where you can wallow in it and, you know, that partying and everything you did, that could have gone down in more of a negative spiral. You could have just put life yeah. aside and just thought, what's the fucking point of anything yeah. really and shut people out and gone down that path. And I've seen people do that and I say that without judgment. Literally. Like grief can do crazy things to us.
1: A hundred percent.
0: So for you to have the – It's not even strength. It's fucking courage. Like for you to have the courage to go through this when you got home and you felt his presence, you're like, cool, I've got to do this and I can do this and I have the opportunity to do this. And him coming through you, like I just feel legacy, legacy, legacy. When I see what you're doing, I feel legacy in that way. But I also don't want to just shine the light on Chumpy. Like it's inspiring, Elodie, because you are living your life as well. Like that's the the part that's really – Fucking abundant throughout this. Like I just, I see you and you shine abundance. You always have and you continue to do that. And well, through that period and what you share there, you kind of almost lost your abundance, I would say.
1: Yeah, definitely lost the plot.
0: And so Naturally. rightfully so. Yes. Yeah. So when I see all of this, um, I see you shining that abundant light more.
1: I, th- I feel like I really, apart from the book and some extra bits and bobs, I'm kind of living the life that Chump and I would have lived if he was here. Like we, we, I still live in the house with the dog, and we now have our baby. I now have our baby, and like I am just living a bit of a simple, carefree free ish wholesome life with our barb in our house, and you know, doing what we he would have loved to do. Like we're at the beach every day, and just yeah, I I feel like he, I I think he would be proud.
0: No doubt, absolutely no doubt. We have also in front of us here, for people who are listening and can't see, but we also have on YouTube, tell us about this little drink that we've got here. It's called uh, Fizz Functional.
1: Fizz Functional. So Fizz is a seltzer brand, but Fizz Functional is Chloe, my best friend, Chloe Fisher. We have a podcast together, Darling Shine, and Darling Shine and Fizz Functional have now come together to create four different non-alcoholic flavours Um, yeah, this is the one we've got today, pink lemonade. It's got ginseng, guarana, it's got four calories and it's actually pretty yummy. And I just think I'm one of those people when I'm like socialising or at a party or just, you know, I like to hold a drink and I mean, I do love a drink, like a, you know, I know when to say no, but I love like a margarita, a really good, a nice strong drink, (laughs)
0: um,
1: but this is you know, it's for, a good alternative. when you don't want to drink, when you just want to feel good the next day or just, you know, it, this perks me up for sure. So
0: Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to the Fizz Functional. And this Yay. is perfect timing that it's uh, non-alcoholic because I'm actually on a dry run at the moment. So I'm doing dry <gasps> Feb. Oh my gosh, so
1: good. Well, this is warm too, so I don't know how good that's going to taste. But these literally got canned two days ago. So when you said bring these along, I was like, bloody oath.
0: Fresh off the batch. So you mentioned there the the podcast that's actually delicious, and I'm that's not just saying good. that. If it was crap, I'd let you know. But I'm actually liking it. Like I Do don't you know, love a sweet drink, yeah. so it's it's not too that's sweet. Yeah, you can imagine refreshing. if it
1: had if it was cold, it'd be better. But the other one I'll that we're it bringing on the rocks
0: next time. Yes,
1: <laughs> the um other one we're bringing out has collagen in it, and it's like the a glow ah, one. So that's gonna yeah. Cool. The Four flavors have they each have a special element. Awesome. The collagen one's way better even than this.
0: Where can wh- – what's the deal with this? Is this a national nationally yeah. distributed drink? It's it will be. produced here on the Goldie.
1: Yeah, it'll be in shops but just online at fizz – I don't know, fizzfunctional maybe.com or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Look up fizz.
0: Look up fizzfunctional. <laughs> how did – so you mentioned there the podcast too but how did you get into – because I've got a podcast but I'm not making a drink. and yeah. Like it, the, a podcast doesn't equate to a, a healthy natural – fizzy drink
1: it's pretty random so and lucky my friends chloe who i do the podcast with and her husband fisher um actually own the brand fizz the seltzer brand so they just brung out this fizz functional one a non-alc and they were like let's bring out our first four flavors and let's do it in a collab with darling shine so yeah we got to choose the flavors we got to choose the look and feel of the can and you know do the tasting and yes yeah, so it's really cool
0: cool um speaking of fisher you know i Coached him uh, in the with the group on the beach just before Christmas yeah. last year. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew that he was a DJ but I didn't know his music. And when yeah. I made a clip of him and all the other guys that were training and I thought, oh, I wonder if um, Fisher's music is on Instagram where you can <laughs> <laughs> choose music. Nah, he's not good enough <laughs> to get on Instagram. And so I went on there and I was like, oh. Is he? Oh, actually, I really do know his music. And then I had a look and I was like, all oh, right, he's pretty well known around the world. He's got a few followers there. That's so
1: <laughs> funny. Yes, he's literally, uh, he's probably one of the biggest DJs in the world right now. And he happens to be Minnie's goddad. So that's cute.
0: Awesome. And you were mini tripped with him. Was that last year? Yeah, you toured we went with on him?
1: Tour. Yeah, we went around Europe. Um, yep. We went, but one day, I think we went to three countries in one day, three different shows. Like, Three in shows in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Fair income. Yep. Wow. L- like
0: DJ morning show? Do, do well,
1: they maybe we didn't physically go to the shows. So, like, we went to like three different countries, and one of the shows was at like, you know, one would be at like five, one would be at 10, one would be at 3 a.m. And, you All know, in right. Europe, the flights are only half an hour. Yeah, right. And, um, I mean, Minnie obviously had to go to the hotel room and go to bed for some of them. But, yeah, just, <laughs> like, that crazy tour life. So we did that when she was eight months old and it was so fun. Cool. And he, like, yeah, Chloe and Fish are, like, literally my best friends. I didn't really think I'd ever – Chloe was always going to be the god mum. She was the one that kind of headed the whole let's get chumpy sperm and let's do that. But Fish, I never envisioned him being Minnie's goddad. But when she was born he was so obsessed and, like, yeah. It's, they want their own baby. They're trying for their own baby and he literally treats Minnie like his own. It's so beautiful. Oh, and beautiful. he's just obsessed. So a few months later I was like, shit, I, I was I was planning on asking some of Chump's other best friends, like picking one of them to be her godfather, but then I was like, they live far away and not that godfather's meant to really mean anything, that they have to actually do any duties. Like honestly, it does sometimes It, it means what you want it to mean. It doesn't really, really mean much. But to us it Now does because Fish lives near – I mean, obviously he travels the world but he lives on the Gold Coast three minutes away from me and he genuinely is obsessed with her. And it's so cute. I'm like, fuck, this just feels right to ask. Well, he kept being like, who's the god dad? Like, come on. And I'd be (laughs) like, oh, fuck. Like, actually, yeah, you need to be. Like, you really do. Like,
0: (laughs) He's putting his hand up saying the the space (laughs) is empty and I'm jumping in. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I
1: am, like, obsessed with her. I'm her biggest fan. And it's so cute because he he – His favourite thing about Minnie is that she loves him for, like she doesn't know he's this famous DJ. Like we all know that he's Fisher and she just thinks he's this epic guy who just absolutely loves her and she's just obsessed with him purely because he's him. Mm. And it's so cute. He's always like, she just wants me for me. Like you guys, who knows why you guys want me? (laughs) Like I love you because you're a legend. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's really cute. Classic. Overall raw and pure. I love it.
0: What does the future look like for Elodie Pullen and Minnie?
1: We just – we don't look too far ahead. Like I did not know a year ago that I was going to write a book. This just happened. So, I mean, we'll keep podcasting, we'll keep travelling. That's inevitable for us. Um, I feel, I feel like I'll – like I think I'll have more babies down the track. I can't foresee – like I can have more chumpy babies if I want to. We have like eggs okay. and sperm too but I don't feel like that's necessary. I feel I'm really happy with Minnie. Like she's everything and I feel mm. like I have this perfect little chump. I don't I don't feel the need to go and like just take the piss and keep having more chumpies. <laughs> but um, I feel like I, I want to have more babies. Like I actually love kids. I want to give Minnie siblings. I've always wanted to have a big family. Mm. I can't at the moment, like it's nearly been three years since Chump's gone. I don't, I don't want to date. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that yet. But I feel like in years to come naturally, maybe I'll like fall in love again one day. And it's a weird thing to say and it feels like just, I I don't know. I feel like it's now been nearly three years and everyone's asking me about like, are you dating? What's going on? I'm like, no, it doesn't feel right. I'm honestly so busy. I have no time to date. But, um, I'm not there yet emotionally either. Like I just can't, and I'm busy with Minnie. But I and feel like in the future. And
0: you said that you don't feel it. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what other people think or yeah. what what opportunities are there. It's like you you go with what you feel.
1: Yeah, people have this like you know it's been three years now, and I'm like I don't fuck like I don't care what it's been. I've honestly been so busy, and I've I'm I'm just caught up. I got Minnie. Like I'm I'm not. It's not on my Like, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am only human. I'm 30. I know I'm young and in years to come, that'll happen. Like, life evolves and shit happens, and that'll be great. But yeah, I'm, I'm super content on my own with Minnie right now with my dog. And I'm so stoked. We've got epic friends around us. Like, I'm so lucky. My cup is full and it's full of love and Minnie, and like, I'm, I'm good.
0: Beautiful. And you know what I hear from that is just complete awareness, complete acceptance of where you're at and a complete awareness and acceptance that the future will bring what it will bring. You don't have to have it planned. You don't have to be able to know exactly what it is but you've got the love with your daughter. You've got the love with your friends, with your family. You've got the love for life and all that abundance that shines through. So if you take that, whatever opportunities present themselves – Probably not more books but maybe more fizzy drinks and who knows <laughs> what for sibling-wise. But Yum. honestly, once again, that's um, it's a beautiful thing to see you just express that and go, cool, I know that that's an mm. opportunity but I actually don't need to focus on that. Here's what I'm focusing on and this mm. is the most important things in my I want life. Got to
1: be realistic. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. That was fun.
0: Speaking of realistic, um, when are we training again? <laughs> well,
1: thank God. I'm about to go away to Bali for like a month, so but
0: bailing out.
1: When we're back, let's get into it.
0: Of course. So before we do wrap up, is there anything else that you want to say to the listeners or anything that you want to ask me?
1: Um You do
0: have your own podcast, so I know that you'd be full of questions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um tell me who your fave well, tell me What's your – like you're in the health and fitness space. I want to know what's your favourite thing about like the human body and the mind and what you've learned the most or who you've learned the most from like you work with some really cool people. Like I know you're close with Nam. I just find him so fascinating. What's –
0: Yeah, so which of those ten questions do you want me to answer? (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. So I'll go where my mind went. Uh, The thing that I love the most about the human body and brain is actually the mind and how much – control we have over it because it often we often feel like and we get caught up in stories and we get caught up in fear and worry and doubt and concern and everything like that but we actually have way more control over our mind than we realize and what I also really love is the um, the breath the connection like it's the pillar and the more that I experience myself the more that I teach people about it and this understanding of how the like the breath literally dictates everything with inside of us and the ability to generate energy the ability to create clarity the ability to use the breath to process emotions
1: Whoa. just
0: everything that it has it's really powerful you know some of the experiences that. that i've personally had and seen other people personally have through using the breath to connect the mind and the body or to get us out of our head to be honest because we spend too much time up yeah. in there so it's it's super powerful and you mentioned nam he's definitely one of the the greatest mentors in that space that um, that I've learned a lot from and continue to to absorb his wisdom. Yeah, for sure.
1: I miss that guy. Chumpo um, has used to tell me that I. He's like, you shallow breathe. You don't breathe properly. You sound like a pug. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know. I I can't believe it's been nearly three years. And I still haven't learned to breathe correctly. So this is also a goal that I'm going to throw in there for this year for me to learn how to. I'm getting fit. I'm going to learn to breathe properly and deeply.
0: Yes, and you are. do what you said. You are. That's why we did the breathing at the end of the session. We're going to start yep. with uh, bringing that in beforehand, get the, the diaphragm working. I you. tried
1: really hard to do the slowest breaths. Like you were like counting my breaths in a minute and I feel like for me it got pretty low. Yeah, it did. Because usually I'm like.
0: <laughs> well done, you weren't breathing like a pug. So you're already doing it. That's your goal and you're already doing it. Now it's just consistency. Let's go. Elodie, where can people find you online? And uh, follow your journey in that way and support you, the book, Fizz, the um, podcast.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i probably just on Instagram, Elodie underscore. That's e double underscore. I don't know where else people can find me. I don't do like Facebook. I don't do TikTok yet. My manager's like, you need to go on TikTok. It's fundamental. And I just, I can't get over, I can't do it. But I... I'm going to. I'm going to get around it. Maybe that's another goal for this year.
0: So you might see Elodie Pullen popping up on TikTok. I don't even know what TikTok <laughs> is, to be honest. Maybe but uh, <laughs> Trust sure. your manager. I can't tell Apparently you whether I it's great have to dance on
1: there and shit, so I don't know how I'm <laughs> going to go. <laughs>
0: I think you'll be fine as long as you're not breathing like a pug when you do your dance. <laughs> we should do
1: our workouts and put them on TikTok. There you go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go workouts on TikTok. There
0: you go. So you don't even have to think about your content. You just set the phone up and that's what's yep. going up.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Sounds Done. good. I have to clean up the garage though. That that um, video you put up yesterday, I was like, my garage is hideous. I swear the inside of my house is immaculate at all times. not the garage. <laughs> it's like my storage shed.
0: <laughs> I didn't even notice that. See, I don't notice mess. Oh, my God. I was dying.
1: I was like, I can't reshare this but I did.
0: (laughs) Classic. Elodie, thank you for sharing your story. And I just want to finish by saying you're an absolute legend. I want to acknowledge you for your genuine authenticity, your courage, and once again, acknowledge you for your abundance.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I, I'm glad that we connected recently and I'm really, I'm thankful for you. So thank you.
0: Pleasure. I'm not sure if you realize this or not, but You living your purpose of what we've just spoken about in this journey that you've chosen through purpose is actually giving life to a lot more people than just your beautiful daughter, Minnie. So, thank you so much for that. And the world needs more, Elodie Pullins. I think Chumpy would be so fucking proud of you. I'm so fucking proud of you. (sighs) Most people who know your story, I'm sure, would be proud of you.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird one.
0: Keep shining your abundant light to the world, my girl.
1: (laughs) You too.
0: Let's hug. (laughs) Thank
1: you, guys. Oh, you guys are the best. Well, oh,
0: that was epic. That was one of my favorite podcasts. Literally. There you go. Another empowering episode. And thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you check out the show notes for any extra links or information that we spoke about in this episode. Don't forget you can now catch the Unbeatable U podcast on the YouTube channel, Brett Robbo Coach. If you want info and inspiration straight into your inbox on how to live an unbeatable life, you can sign up to receive weekly insights and actionable steps for optimal performance and thriving in every aspect of your life, plus first release offers on Unbeatable You courses and live events. Don't worry, there's no spam, just short, punchy, value-giving emails straight to you. Simply go to brettrobo.com forward slash community. If you find value in this podcast, don't forget to share it around with your mates and subscribe, rate and review. It really supports the podcast mission massively. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can connect with me at at Brett Robbo on social media and that's where you can let me know who you want to hear on the show. Keep thriving, legends. And as always, remember, if not you, then who? If not now, then when? This is your opportunity to live your unbeatable life.